everybody doing this morning? Y'all counting down the days to going back to school? Come on, how many adults wish you can go back to school? Yeah, you want to go back to school and then you remember, wait, I got to study, I got to do homework. Yeah. Yeah. We're in school. Believe it or not, you're in school. We're in it. I hope that your summer's been going well. I had this thought this morning uh, during our time of worship. Uh, generally, when you talk to people, ask them how they're doing, they like to tell you how busy they are. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, t- Anybody told somebody that this week? You told them how busy you were. And uh, I had this thought during worship this morning. You know, God's busy at work, but he's not so busy that he can't spend a little time with you. You know what I'm saying? He's busy. He's got some work to do. But like we sang, he's available. And I don't think it's always a matter of, is he available because he's busy? I think it's a matter of, are we available because we busy? Got a lot going on. And I'm thankful that you made some time today to spend with God, to worship together. And uh, I'm ready to jump into this word today had a couple of messages just wrestling around for the last 24 hours and this one won the wrestling match and so um, yeah Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 is where we're going to start today and I do man I tell you I can sense the presence of God in here can you feel it today can you just sense that the Lord is here I'm glad you came so you can sense what God is doing because I think God wants to speak something Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Somebody should say, thank God right there. Am I right? (laughs) My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Just when you think you got God figured out, there's more. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That sounds so powerful and strong. It's kind of like a good introduction for God. And then it gets pretty. Verse 10, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. You you like that transition? Because it got soft. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow. Say grow. Producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. I like this part. Verse 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish and I feel the need to emphasize that it will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it amen isn't that a good verse to read today let's pray and then we're going to jump into this Jesus we're thankful to be here God I know that you you have something in store for your people and sometimes we come and it's routine, but today our attention is fixed on you because we believe that you want to speak something to our hearts. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak. 
to be the mouthpiece that speaks through me today to every individual that is in this room. And I pray that the word that is spoken today, it will produce in our lives. It will produce some good fruit. It will cause us to grow. It will help us, God, to live, to be, to, to walk in every single thing that you said about us. So, Lord, today I ask for your help in delivering this message. Let it fall on some good ground. Let it be like seed planted in fertile soil that produces something great in our lives. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We've been doing this series through the summer called Summer School. And I hope that you've been learning some things as we've been teaching through some different topics in the Bible that I think have some immediate application to our everyday lives. And uh, we spent the last two weeks talking about authority. Come on, how many of you feel like you got a little bit more authority in your life as a believer? You can nod your head, you can wave your hand, you can give me a thumbs up, or you can just sit there and make me feel like I gotta preach this thing today. Today, I want to, um, to talk about the Word of God. I know, it's preaching a message, but I want to talk to you about the Word. And I think parting, part of getting to know who God is, is knowing what He says and how He speaks. It's interesting how we get to know each other. We, we talk to each other. And that conversation helps us to learn some things about each other. And it's hard to really get to know somebody if you can't have some conversations. Can I get an amen? amen? And so communication is needed. And it's like God has already made the first move. In fact, he had so much to say to us that he had it written down. Because we wasn't ready for it all yet, but it's written down. And it's in the form of a Bible so that you and I can know all the things that God wants to say to us. And it's full of so many different things. There's principles in there. And then there's prophecies, there's promises. Thank God that he wrote it all down. Because if he's like me, if I don't write it down, guess what? I forget it. Can I get an amen? How many list people in here? You got to write a list. How many of you are going to write a list during church, make it your grocery list while I'm preaching today? Don't do that because the Holy Spirit will see you. Yeah. I remember growing up, my brother had this friend. His name was Danny. And my dad nicknamed Danny the mouth of the South <laughs> because Danny had a lot to say. He talked so much that he couldn't even remember the things that he said. In fact, this guy made things up. Like he would make things up out of the blue. He would overpromise and underdeliver every single time. Y'all know those people? This was Danny. And um, I have never met an individual who bragged about himself so very much. Seriously, like this guy, he thought he was an all elite athlete and he was not. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he was the ultimate fan, but he was not the ultimate athlete. He, his athletic ability, let's not do that. I know I would need to repent. Mouth of the South. And the big problem with Danny is he couldn't back anything up that he said. Couldn't back it up. And so you could never, ever trust him whenever he said something. Like, if he told you, I'm going to pick you up for school, you better arrange a ride. Because he's not going to be there. And then when you see him, you say, where you're at? He said, oh, did I tell you I was going to get you? Like, yeah. 
That was Danny. And I have learned that words have the power to change lives. Did you know that? The, the words that we speak have the power to change lives. Now, if you ever enter into a conversation with a young person and you got a few years on them, you find out quickly that the words that you use for certain things are not the words that they use for certain things. Like, like they have a whole different vocabulary. And if you're not careful, that young person will say, that is sick. And you will interpret it to mean that someone has some type of ailment in their body when actually to them, that's a good thing. Uh, Cynthia mentioned Pastor Nick and Autumn are here with us today. Come on, clap your hands for them. Let's go. Middle and high school students, you got to be at search tonight. It's going to be awesome. But one of the things I've picked up already on Pastor Nick, there is one word that he likes to say a lot, and it's the word insane. That's insane, bro. That's insane. Y'all remember that song, Insane in the Membrane? Oh, let's go, man. Some of y'all were thinking that, and you know, I almost named the sermon Word Up. And I was like, I don't know, is that song even appropriate for a sermon title? I don't know. But this is what we know. Words have a, they have power. And words have the power to affect our lives. In fact, words have the power to change our lives. And I'll give you an example of this. Let's say the doctor calls you. And it's not the nurse, but it's the doctor who calls you. And you just took this test. And the doctor calls and says, the test results are. And man, if they say positive, there is a weight that comes with it. Y'all remember all the COVID testing stuff early on when you took the test? And that little person at the, in all the stuff, they said, you're positive. Oh, my goodness, the weight of that word was so life-changing because you knew for the next 14 days you have no more life. All you could do is lay there and hope for the best. But when they said, it's negative, there was such a release. You started to plan a vacation. You planned all kinds of things with your life through the weight of a word. If they say the result is positive, oh, my goodness. But if they say it's negative, thank the Lord. Here's another one. Let's say the supervisor brings you in the office. And they're having this conversation, and they get to the part to where they say, you're, <laughs> fired. <laughs> That's a rough day, because that opens up for a rough life. Am I right? Just the power of that word, fired. I mean, we can use it in another context. I'm fired up. That's a good thing. But whenever they say, you're fired, that's not a good thing at all. But what, if, uh, what about whenever they say you're hired? Well, that's a good word, am I right? That is a really good word. Those words, they have power. What about this one? What about whenever husband and wife, spouses are, are just struggling, man? It's not going too good. And, and the spouse says, I want. To divorce. Man, that is heavy. But what about when they say, I want to apologize? Whew, write that down. <laughs> Look, I just saw a dude. Look, you, you got some work to do. Anyway, <laughs> I believe if we're going to live the life that God has for us, we have to know what God's saying. 
what he says, what he says to us, what he says about us, what he says for us, what he says about how to live and how to love. If we, listen, I'm telling you, if we knew what he said about us, we would live our lives differently. We would have so much more self-esteem. Depression would not be as heavy. I'm telling you, we would be set free. We would walk fearlessly if we really knew what he said about us, what he was saying to us, and what he was saying for us. Amen? If we really knew that, it would change our lives. And so I, I just figured we would entitle the message today, That's What He Said. That's what he said. Because you're always going to be challenged with it in your life. You ever go to church and you hear a message and you're trying to believe God and as soon as you hear that word, you're writing it down because this is what I'm living by this week. I'm going to make it through the week. And all through the week, there's all these other voices that are just chiming in at the wrong time. That was for everybody else. That wasn't for you. Yeah, that's true for them, but they're a lot more holier than what you are. We saw what you did last summer. You know what I'm saying? Like like all those little voices, but you've got to have a little bit of defense for those voices. Amen? And this is where you got to say, but that's what he said. That's what he I know what you say, but that's what he said. So today we're going to talk about the word of God. Amen? Isaiah chapter 55, it compares God's word to snow and rain that waters the ground and it produces and it accomplishes. I like those words. It produces and accomplishes. A lot of times in the context of hearing the Bible, in the context of hearing the word of God, because it feels so literary, because it feels more like a lecture, we, we tend to overlook the results that could come from it if it just got down in us. You know what I'm saying? If we can just get it in us. And for a lot of us, we're going to hear it today with our ears. And that is important that you hear it with your ears, but it's even more important if you hear it with your heart. Amen? Because if you hear it with your heart and it gets down in your heart, there is some fertile ground within your heart that God can produce a lot of good things. But for a lot of us, because of the things that we have heard throughout our lives, our heart is not open to hear some things because of something that we've already heard. Am I right? We've heard some comments made to us. And it's not always the comments that are outside that we hear. Sometimes it's the comments on the inside. How many of you would admit I'm hard on myself? I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm tough on myself. And you kind of pride yourself in it. But just like you pride yourself in being hard on yourself, there are days where you need to let up a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to let up a little bit. Now, I'm not talking about your situation with the kids because what they did was wrong and you need to be consistent. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 And if mama told you she was taking you to Disney, mama should take you to Disney. She needs to keep her word. Amen. amen. But don't ask to go get a Happy Meal today because we need gas money to get there. Amen. amen. That's insane, Nick. That's insane, bro. So the, the, the word of God produces and accomplishes. Another version says, watch this, it will not return void. You ever got a bad check from somebody where they wrote you a check because they, this is before Venmo, 
Remember before Venmo? <laughs> you go out to eat with somebody, and they're like, I'm going to write you a check. And so they write you a check, and you go to cash, and it bounces. Boy, that's a tough situation. Do I call them? <laughs> do I text them? Like, what do you do? Because that's an awkward moment because, I don't know. And you're like, what's the Christ-like thing to do? Tell them to get Venmo. <laughs> but it's such an awkward moment because it's like, there, were, there was something that was promised, but when I went to cash it in, it, it, it bounced. It didn't work. It was like void. And it's possible for us to hear words sometimes. You ever heard a person that told you, I'm sorry, a million and six times, and they keep telling you, I'm sorry, but they just keep doing it? Anytime they say it, you're like, void. I'm sorry. And it's like, no, you're not. But the Bible tells me to forgive 70 times seven, so I forgive you in the name of the Lord. But if you do that to me one more time, I'm out of cheeks to turn. Anyway, some of y'all will get that later. It will not return void. This is what that means. Let me just make it very simple. In other words, God's word, it works. The word of God works. It's not a matter if, uh, 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 let me try and see if it works. Because I've heard people say that before. I'm going to try this whole God thing to see if it works. It works. I promise you, it works. Some people say, well, it didn't work for me. Yeah, it did. You just didn't like the results of the work because it probably was going to produce some change in your life. And let's just admit it. We don't like the change. We like to live the way we live until something bad happens. And then everybody needs to change around me so that I don't have to. Amen? Isn't that how we roll? How many of y'all know some people that need some change in their life? Just wave at me really pretty. Yeah, yeah, yes. I know. The thing about how God speaks is this. And I, I, I'm so glad we played that song, Run to the Father, earlier this morning. Because we know that God is a father. But God isn't the silent father just sitting there saying nothing. You, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes dads like to go into the nothing mode. Come on, dads, where you at? Just go into nothing mode. I don't want to talk. I don't. I just, what you thinking about? Nothing. How is that possible? I don't know. Just go there. How are you not thinking about the safety and the future of our children? <laughs> Looks like everything's all right right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just men have this. I think it's a spiritual gift, by the way. We can go into a nothing zone. Come on. How many men know what I'm talking about? Flipping through the channels on the TV. What you watching? I don't know. Well, find something to watch. Can't find nothing. And you done circulated through the channels five times. I do it with the radio. In the car, kids are in there. I'm just, scan, scan. Don't like that song? Scan, scan. Would you please choose something? So I'll just put on Spotify. Next song. Just in there changing it because I, 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 we just have this ability to go into the, the zone of, of, of nothing. And one of the things I've learned about how we interpret God, we like to interpret God and how he is and who he is and how he speaks through people. Because that is something tangible that we can see. And we just assume that if God 
is who he says he is. The only person I could come up with that would be like that would be like this person or that person because they, they act a certain way, they talk a certain way, they do things a certain way, so surely that's got to be who God is. And that's not always accurate because a lot of times the way we view God is so limited to what we have seen and experienced that if God decides to do something in your life that is out of bounds of what you're used to, you would think that's not God. Like if God really wanted to bless you, like really, really, really wanted to bless you, but you're one of those people that thump their chest and say, I earn everything I got. And God wants to bless you. You wouldn't even see it coming to goodness. The things you prayed for, God's like, let me open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on your life in such a way that you can't even contain it. Well, you like the idea of it, but your mode of operation is I've got to earn it. And so now you've turned God into somebody that can only reward you for hard work instead of just blessing you because you're his son or daughter. This is important stuff. And so the way that we view God is going to determine how he speaks to us. And so if we think that God is just the silent father that's sitting off to the side and doesn't say a peep until something starts going wrong, because that is the model that we've seen with a father before in our lives, then we will miss the encouragement that we need. We will miss the life-giving words that we need on a daily basis, where we don't feel like it, where we're overwhelmed. God is speaking. The question is, are we hearing? Now, God can speak in a variety of ways, and the most common way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. Amen? Now, now I brought my, my, my Bible up here. My Bible. Come on, it's black. It had gold pages, but we wore that off because I, had some, I needed some help in my life. And so my Bible's kind of broken in. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes uh, a broken in Bible is a result of I need help. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and so I brought my, my Bible. But many times the, the Bible is stuck being a book. On our shelf, on the coffee table. Do we still call it that in the living room? In the living space? I'm sorry, I don't know all the proper words anymore. It's, it's a book. And, and because it has a traditional look to it, we, we don't give it the, 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 the presence in our life that it needs to have. And we treat the book like it's, it's some kind of magical, holy, special piece of a spiritual equipment. But it's not the pages, the paper, the leather bound. This is fake leather, by the way. Um, it, it's not the, the ribbon bookmark in it that makes it so holy and so special. It's what's written on the pages that makes it what it is. But it wasn't meant for the pages. It was meant for the heart. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And a lot of times we leave it on the pages. We leave it in the pages where it was meant to get into our heart. And so God wants to speak to you through the Bible. Amen? That's why I, th I was having this conversation with someone not long ago. I said, ever since I've been in ministry, I feel like I have preached the same messages over and over and over and over. It's kind of like a parent. How many times do I have to tell you to clean your room? And mamas are giving the eyes to the kids right now, taking advantage of the preacher's message. 
But think of this. How many times have we heard the same messages? If you grew up in church, I promise you, the message you've heard more than anything, read your Bible and pray every day. Am I right? I mean, I could give you the mic and say, come preach it. Well, I just got a word from the Lord for you today. If you're going to make it in life, you need to read your Bible and pray every day. And everybody said, amen. They're clapping. Boy, that was so good today. Such a powerful message. And this is the stuff that we know, but so many times we're leaving it on the page. I left it on the page. Just like when we were in school, we were reading it in the book and we left it on the page and you're sitting there trying to take the test and I can't remember it. Why? I left it on the page. I didn't absorb it. I knew it, but I didn't absorb it. And there's a lot of people who know the word of God but it's still on the pages of their mind. It never got to the heart to transform them and produce what God wanted to produce in their lives. And so they got a good word, but they don't have a good life. Amen? God's better than that. So here's the thing. The Bible is unlike any other book because, yes, it is historical, and, yes, it is literary. It has stories. It has teachings. It has principles, but they are life-giving, and they are life-changing. But this is what I need you to know about the Bible. It is the inspired Word of God. It is God's Word recorded by men, but it was inspired by the very Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit was speaking this to men. There was a guy who said, we probably should write that down and his name was Luke and he began to write a gospel in fact things kept happening he said we probably ought to keep writing it down and so he wrote the book of Acts so that you and I could see what God was doing in the earth because here it is it's still happening today thank God Luke wrote it down and it wasn't even his main job he was a physician but he started a side hustle Come on, started a side hustle and said, I probably ought to write that down for somebody. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. It was inspired by God. Now, watch this. While most of us would assume the whole, of, the whole point of the Bible was to help me, actually the whole point of the Bible was to help each of us see Jesus. That was the whole point of the Bible. I know you can read so much through the Bible. Boy, that's a good verse. It really, really helped me. But I've got to help you to see that the Bible, the Word of God, is much more than just a self-help book that you can find at Barnes & Noble. And you can find a Bible at Barnes & Noble, too. But it's more than self-help. It is pointing you and showing you through every story, every dilemma, every prophecy, through every single thing that is happening in the Bible, it's getting you to see, I need Jesus. And that's why I didn't leave out the crazy stuff. You ever started reading through the Bible and said, these people are as crazy as we are. <laughs> you know, like when you get to the book of like Leviticus? What were these people doing? And they didn't have TV. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have social media, and they already fell off the deep end. And it's in the Bible. And God just let it all be in there. The failures of some of the most iconic Bible characters, it's in there. And it was in there to help us see we all need Jesus. And if you read your Bible and you're looking for Jesus, you're going to find him every single 
time because the answer ultimately we're looking for with everything is Jesus. And that's what the Bible is trying to teach us. While most would assume the whole point of the Bible is just self-help, actually it's Jesus to get to know him, to learn about him, and to learn from him so that you can follow him. Because the work that he starts, he wants to complete it, and he's going to use the word of God to work on you. Amen? He wants to work on us. Now, let's go to John chapter 1. Teaching a little bit today. Y'all like it? All right, John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, this is the amplified version, by the way. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, and that's Christ. And the Word was with God. Notice it's capitalized W, because it's not just talking about a word on a page, but it's talking about the Word, the person. Jesus is the Word who becomes flesh. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God, and all things were made and came into existence through him. Okay, hold on to that. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness. And the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. And it is unreceptive of it. Let me take you back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Because whenever God decides, let's get the party started, there is this thing called the earth. And it says it's without form and it is void no return can't cash that check but then God spoke a word and he said let there be light and guess what there was light when he spoke the word things happened he spoke it it produced he spoke it It produced. Let there be light. The light comes on. Here's the best thing you need to know about that. That wasn't the day he invented the sun. That's later on. He invented the light before he invented the sun. Blowing the minds of all the scientific people in here. Because not only is he the word, but he is the light. Meaning this. He has the power to illuminate what he says to you so that you can see it. So it can produce something in your life. I can't see. It's dark in here. I got a light for you. Come on. I can't see. It's dark in here. I got a light for you. He turned the light on so that you could see what he was trying to say, not just so that you can see the word, but you could, it would be illuminated so you would understand what it actually means. I like to call that revelation, where you just hear a message and somebody mentions one word, and you've heard it a million times, but that day, that word meant something more. Like that day, it was powerful. That day, it came alive. Like, like imagine if you're walking through something and you have an illness or a sickness in your body or you're struggling with something and you read the Bible all the time. You read it all the time, read healing verses like it ain't nobody's business. But now you're sick and you're walking through something and you read a verse that says, and you will be healed. It means more. It sticks to you. Am I right? You hold on to it like an anchor. You've read that word so many times, but in that moment, it was illuminated. In that moment, it came alive. And not only did you grab it, but guess what? It grabbed you. 
it grabbed you. That, my friends, is the power of the word of God. But this is what you must see. Jesus is the word that became flesh. He is the person that is the word that became real in everyday lives. In other words, everything that God was trying to say to mankind, he said, ah, they're not getting it. And like a good teacher that he is, instead of just saying it, he says, let me show you what I mean. And so he said, I'll show you what I mean by sending my best. And so he sends us Jesus, who is the living expression of everything that God wanted to say. And now the word has become flesh so that you and I now have an example to follow. And so Jesus says, hey, come follow me. And I will take a fisherman and make him a fisher of men. We're talking about next level kind of stuff here, friends. Where it's not just I'm hearing words and getting educated, but something is sinking down in me that is producing something in my life that I'm no longer on that level where I'm on the struggle bus. You know what I'm saying? I'm driving a different kind of bus now. And I'm picking some people up and I'm taking them somewhere. Amen? Are y'all grabbing this today? He's illuminating it. He's turning the lights on. So this is an application i got to give you. You can't follow Jesus without the Bible. You just can't do it. You can't be a a, a free-loafing believer that just thinks you're going to feel your way with Jesus. you got to have the Word of God. Amen? I need a better amen than that because some of y'all are starting to sound like hippie Jesus followers. You know what I'm saying? you got to have the Word of God. And you won't fully understand the Bible, the Word of God, without acknowledging Jesus. So if you only read it from a historical perspective, you miss the point. You do. And if you're only reading it for the stories, you're missing the whole point of the Bible because the Bible is all about Jesus and following him so that the word, Jesus himself, and everything that's written in here will produce something in your life. Amen? So let me bring a few things to your attention about the word of God. All right? The first thing is this. God's word is eternal. In other words, God didn't look at the condition of mankind and said, we probably ought to say something. He said it before we got crazy. Because he knew. I thought I'd get a better reaction than that. From all the planning people in here, you were like, of course, I plan for everything. The word of God is eternal. It's good for all times. Not sometimes, all times. Meaning this, it never expires And God's not changing what he said. The interpretation of the Bible, people are changing it. They're misinterpreting what God is saying. They're trying to make it relative to a current narrative in the world. But the word of God is not going to change. Can I get an amen? Amen. What is sin is still going to be sin. Amen. The principles are still true. They're not going to change because we don't like that. Okay. Here's the next thing. God's word creates. That means it's life-giving. He has the power to take nothing and make something out of it. And a lot of us in here would say, I know what you're talking about because I was a nobody and now he made me a somebody. Come on. In the beginning, what did he do? He spoke and he created. And he created some really good stuff for us. Guess what? He's still speaking. And he's still creating, but now he's creating something 
in us. Amen? Here's the next thing. God's word is promising. It's promising. Bible scholars calculate that there are up to 8,000 promises in the Bible. 8,000. Some of you can't even count that high. And he's still promising. And this is what's so awesome. He delivers. Amen? Watch this verse, Joshua 23, 14. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. Not one of them. You say, well, pastor, I'm still waiting on the Lord. I'm so excited about football season starting. You say, what does this have to do with what you're, I heard an amen right there for that. But there's other more worthy things I'm saying that needs an amen. <laughs> I got work to do, man. And you're like, I, I'm, I haven't received all that God has promised for me yet, Pastor Wade. But again, I'm thankful football season starts because it gives us an example to help us how to see how to receive. Because sometimes while the receiver is still running his route, he doesn't know that the quarterback has already thrown the ball. And a lot of people just stop and wait for somebody to throw him the ball, but we're trying to move down the field. We're trying to move forward. So the receiver keeps running his route, and if he just keeps an eye on the quarterback, he will see the ball is coming. And what does he do? He leads us as we go, and sooner or later, the ball is there. I know your team hasn't done a lot of that lately, and so it's hard to relate. I know. I know, I know, I know, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. tough. <laughs> Got to get them some gloves, man. That's all I'm trying to do. Get you some gloves. Put a little stick them on it. Anyway, all right, let's keep going. Let's go back to the Bible. All right. God's trying to help you here. All right, here's the next thing. God's word gives light. And that means it helps us see, and better yet, it cannot be overcome by darkness. Do not fear that God's word is going to, like, fade out because of all of the evil in the world. Please. The Bible is so powerful. The word of God is so powerful. And whatever you do, do not go into a fit because someone decides to damage a book that has biblical stuff written in it. I don't like it. I think it... Uh, please. You're not going to stop what was said. You know what I'm saying? It was already spoken and it's going to happen whether you burn this thing, whether you tear it up, throw it out of the school. We can go on and on. It doesn't matter because it's already spoken. Amen. And it will not return void. It's going to happen. It's going to produce. Amen. All right. And so God's word, it gives light and there's a lot of darkness, but there's still a light. Who is the hotel? We'll leave the light on for you. Come on, heaven's got the light on still. And you can still see. Amen? Let's keep going. The next thing, God's word is our standard to live by. It's a standard. If we're going to live life according to his plan, we need his word. Everybody's like, God, I want your plans for my life. May all your plans come 
to pass. How do you like that King James language, you know? Some of us just say, God, let it happen. <laughs> but you feel spiritual, so you say, may it come to pass. It's not going to come to pass without his word. See, a lot of times we're just trying to do the little gimme, gimme, gimme. And God's like, well, I can give you, but I'm trying to develop you so that you don't ruin it when you get it. Amen? I don't want you to fumble it. I want you to carry it. I want you to run with it. So we need a, a standard in our lives. And there's a lot of fumbling that's going on today. There's a lot of people who are dropping what God gave them. There, there's a need for a standard to be raised. And it's not a matter of rules, y'all. It's not a matter of rules. It's a matter of the principles and the inspiration and the revelation of God's word that we need. Amen? We need the word of God to be our standard because all the other stuff will condemn and tear you down. But this was meant to build you up. Amen? It can correct you and build you up. It's still life-giving, even though it's telling you, don't do that anymore. The intention of it isn't just to shut you down. It's to get you there. Amen? So the correction of the word of God is good. It's a standard to live by. Psalms 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm hiding it. I'm putting it. I'm going to file that word. I'm putting it in here. Here's the next thing. God's word sorts us out. Sorts us out. It helps us get past our emotions and get to faith. So many times the voices of our emotions is screaming all the stuff. Just like it's overdrive, man. It's overkill. Just you ever walked into a room with just kids just like all going for it? Yes. All the noise, God bless you. And then the all the noise and all the toys, man. And they're just going for it. And you're trying your best to maintain some civility. But after you said enough about 77 times. This is the condition that a lot of people are living in, not because of kids, but because of the voices in their head. And I know that sounds weird, but we have all of these little sayings. We have all these little things, the noise of our discouragement and all these different things that is speaking. How are you going to sort it out? This is where the word of God comes in and it helps us get past our emotions and get to faith. Watch this, Hebrews 4.12. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, our soul, and spirit. Come on. We're talking about the seat of your emotions. It will get in there, all the way down to the bone. and the. I mean, we're talking about deep. It will get there. It intercepts, inter, I'm sorry, it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. The Word of God can get down to the heart of the matter. That is the power of the Word of God. Now, how do I use it? Because I'm liking what I'm hearing, Pastor Wade. That's good stuff. And I appreciate that. So how do I use the Bible? Number one, let's, let's go obvious here. Number one, I need to hear it. And let's say it like this. I need to hear it more often. Amen? I need to hear it more often. Because I know Romans says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. If I hear it, it's going to produce some faith in me. If I don't hear it a whole lot, my faith is going to be limited. Watch this. Our faith is limited to our hearing of God's word. 
And so if we're always away from God's word, how can we accept, expect our faith to be strong in the middle of the things that we're walking through? Amen? And not just waiting for the middle of the situation to get the word, to get the faith. Let's go into it with faith by having the word of God in us. I got to hear it. Now watch this. There's a word to define word. Notice how I said that. That's deep. There's a word to define word. Okay. Can we go there? It's a Greek word and you'll get to impress your friends this week with this. Okay. It's the word logos. I put a little accent on it to help you. Logos. Okay. And it's used to refer to the constant written word of God, which is recorded here in the Bible. It's written down. Logos. Say that. Logos. Logos. Look at your neighbor and say, let me impress you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Some of you are going to do it this week, though. And I'm glad I could set that up for you. Okay. When I read God's word, I'm hearing it. Okay. Meaning when I read the Bible, when I'm reading it, I'm hearing it. And it's producing some faith in my life. You say, well, Pastor Wade, I don't always feel that way. You don't have to feel it for it to be real. Amen. You're not going to feel like going to work tomorrow, but the reality is you got a job. And whether you feel it or not, you better go to work. Can I get an amen? Unless you got a lot of PTO, <laughs> but ain't nobody answering your emails for you. Amen. Let's go there. All right. I can read God's word and I hear it. I can listen to it. Today, you're hearing God's word, and it's building up some faith in your life. It's building you up to believe God. And what is it doing? It's getting down to your soul. It's getting down into your spirit. It's getting down into your mind. And as a result, it's producing some faith in your life. But that's just the beginning. It's producing the faith, but we've got to make the decision, what am I going to do with what is produced in my life? Meaning this, you can plant a garden and you can have some tomatoes, but you better get out there and pick them. And you still ain't ate them yet. You better wash them, you better cut them up, and you better throw them in your salad. There's more to it. Starts, though, with hearing it. Amen? If I can hear it, it's going to produce in my life. Here's the second thing. This is where it's tough. I got to live it. I got to live it. Meaning this, I've, I've got to follow the directions of God's word. And then I can find directions for my life. And sometimes we're doing it opposite. God, if you give me all the directions for my life and all the great things you have planned for me that I'm going to do, I will follow all your directions. And God's like, well, that's not the route you run. You follow the directions that I give you and you will get direction for your life. That's good. Follow the directions, and you will get direction. Amen? So the Bible, it's alive. It's still relevant today. It isn't outdated. Amen? It's eternal. You can't stop it. So you can hear it, but you must live it out for it to work in your life. If not, it becomes knowledge that you use to just impress people. And there's a lot of people that are full of Bible knowledge, but no Bible action. And the result is pride. And pride always leads to destruction every single time. 
The Bible was meant to be lived out. And how did James say it? Don't just be hearers of the word, but be ye doers, is how it says in the King James language. Be doers of the word. Simply put, do what it says. Amen? It's full of principles. It gives wisdom to live out. It gives us behaviors to follow. Amen? So it's like, God's like, I'm setting you up for success. This is how you do it. Number three, I think, is so powerful. In fact, this will tie into what we talked about the last couple of weeks. Number three is speak it. Speak it. There is someone who is speaking to you more than anyone else in your life. And guess who it is? It's you. Somebody, some dude this morning looked in the mirror while he was getting ready, and this is what he said. Man, I look good. I just walked away. Don't raise your hand. We got an idea who it might be. There was a lady who looked in the mirror this morning and said, I ain't wearing that. Am I right? Some of them even said it out loud. Or better yet, a kid heard this this morning. It wasn't a word from the Lord, it was a word from Mama. You going to wear that today? <laughs> Come on. You wearing that? Speaking the word. Spoken word has power. When you're dating someone, the first time they say, I love you. Boy, that's strong, am I right? That's strong. Whenever they get on the knee and say, will you marry me? Boy, it's strong, man. Power of a word, but it has to be spoken. You got to speak it. And there's a lot of things that could be activated in your life if you just will speak it. And there's a lot of things from the word of God. If you would just speak it, it's going to do more for you than what you even realize. Because the word of God, watch this, it's like a sword. Okay? It's like a sword. And I can conquer thoughts. I can conquer feelings. I can conquer some things if I will just use my sword. Amen? But I've got to speak. And yes, words have power. They can pierce. And if you speak a word in the wrong way, it can hurt somebody. But when you got the enemy coming against you with all these thoughts and telling you, you can't do this, and you're never going to amount to anything good, and you're just like this person, you'll never be able to do that. This is where I've got to take the word that I heard, and now I've got to speak it. Because I remember, wait a minute, this is what he said. He said, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And even though I'm feeling these things, I've got a weapon to defend myself. Amen? Yeah. See, you're not as aggressive as I am in speaking this today. You're just like, amen. You've got some weapons. Yeah. Whenever those things start speaking to you, you speak a better word. Amen? Yeah. I've got a better word to say than that. So watch this. The Greek... Another meaning of the word, word, in the Greek is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And this refers to the instant personal speaking of God to us and also speaking what God says. God can speak to you, and guess what? You can say what he said. Say that. I can say what he said. Because my father told me, 
Oh, yeah? My dad said. Come on. My dad told me. My father said. This is what he said. So watch this. Whenever I pray, I pray according to his word. I'm just praying according to what he said. If that's what he said, that's what I'm going to pray. You're like, well, how's he going to do it? I don't know. You have to ask him. But I know what he said, so I'm going to pray accordingly. Amen? We can make declarations according to his word. Listen, I'll give you the perfect example. Whenever mama just makes the announcement to the house, that's enough. That's it. That's enough. And maybe that's happening in your home right now. Mama's making a declaration that everybody better follow. And I'm not trying to set mamas up or anything. Calm down. But I'm telling you that you can make the kind of declaration, devil, you're not taking my house. Devil, you ain't taking my marriage. And I'm not just standing as someone in authority that doesn't have something to back it up. You got authority. We learned that last week. Now I'm just giving you something to back it up. And it is his word. Amen. And that is the rhema word of God. I can hear it, logos, because it's written, but I can speak. Speak it, and it is powerful whenever I speak it. Because in the beginning, when it was without form, the earth was without form and void, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. Here's the deal. It's not just what I'm saying. I'm not just standing up saying what I think. I'm saying what he said. We do it at work. You ever had to handle a situation at work where your boss said, I need you to handle this with this person? And this is how most people handle it. This is how they say it. Hey, I was talking to the boss man, and he told me to come and tell you, which, by the way, that is not the right way to do it. Just saying. If that's how you handle it, you're not going to be in that position long. But really what you're doing, I'm just saying what he said. And why is it in so many situations in our lives, instead of listening to what he said, we're listening to what all they said? You know what I'm saying? Why is it so hard for us to get past some things that were spoken to us at a previous point in our life, in our past, by someone who's not even a part of our lives anymore? And yet it still has power in our lives today. And it has no right. It has no rule to have that type of power in your life. But we have received those words and have identified ourselves with them so much that that word is producing all of the fear, all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the risks that we could have, take, uh, could have taken, should have taken. We didn't take them because we're hanging on to a word that was not from God. Today, I'm speaking a better word to you. Let you know that God's word can break the power of those words words all those things that guy said to you that was hurtful and degrading the father speaks a better word to you today way better word all those words of discouragement he speaks a better word today you got the opportunity to hear a word from God, a rhema word. You've got an opportunity to hear. We went to the Logos, the written word of God. And right now, even in this room, there is faith now that wasn't here earlier. It wasn't here earlier. 
He turned the light on. And you're looking at some things in your lives a little bit differently. You don't have all the answers yet, but the light of hope was turned on this morning. And you're just wondering the possibilities of what God could do if I actually begin to live out the Word of God. If I actually begin to speak out the Word of God. If I continue to hear the Word of God. It'll change our lives. Let's go back to the beginning of the message. The doctor calls and said the test result is, and the weight of that word can change your life. When the spouse brings you in the room and says, I want a, it has the power to change your life. That's the power of words. But God's word is more powerful. And if you and I will receive his word, it'll change our lives. You said, Pastor Wade, there's a lot I don't understand. Me too. Why do these things happen to people? I don't know, man. I wish I knew all the answers, but I'm afraid of knowing all the answers. But what I do know is God keeps his word and his word produces in our lives. As we finish this morning, something the Lord put on my heart to do was to read from his word something that I believe he wants you to hear today. You say, well, didn't you just preach a sermon? Yeah. But this is what I felt like I needed to read over you today. It comes from Psalms chapter 65. This week, I've got to walk with a few people through some really tough stuff in their lives. And there were a lot of things that doctors were saying, a lot of things. A lot of words they were using that were heavy. And what do you do when those words are coming at you? Because sometimes you just got to hear them. Because you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. Because it's describing the situation. But how do you keep going whenever you hear words like that? Like, think of this. How do you keep going? And I had a number of people reach out to me this week saying this. I need a Bible verse. I need a verse. And, you know, it's, it's like, okay, I'll give you old Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's a good verse. But we know that's not the verse they needed. Amen? But this was one of them that I sent this week out of Psalm 65. What mighty praise, O oh God. I want you to close your eyes as I read this. It's not on the screen. This is spoken over you today. What mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those who choose to bring near those who live in your holy courts, 
what festivities await us inside your holy temple. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. O oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. The power of the word of God. It applies to everything in our lives. Father, today, we thank you for the words that you have spoken. We thank you that they have power to change our lives. So today, we hear it. We make the decision to live it. But we also understand we must speak it. Father, may your word come alive. May your word make us come alive. And let this be more than just a Bible that's a collection of books, but let it be the source of life, producing good in us. I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we close. Because you came for more than a message today. You came for a word. And I just want you to lift your hands all across this room today. You say, why are you having us lift our hands? Because if you want to receive something, you got to get your hands up. <laughs> today, I speak God's word over you. I speak the word restoration. I speak the word healing. I speak the word joy. I speak the word strength. Speak the word love. I speak the word overcome. I speak the word free. Father, let your word go deep in our hearts. Thank you, God, for speaking today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. That's a good word right there. Before we go, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with us today. We do this every Sunday, but I don't want to leave without the opportunity to pray with someone. And right there in your seat, you say, could God do it right here? Yes, he can. Because this is the starting point. That's all. We'll help you keep going. But I want us to pray this together as a church. Maybe you didn't know you were going to do this today. Maybe you know I need to do this today. 
Amen. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross to pay the price for all of my sins so that I could be forgiven and I could be free. I give you my life today and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I surrender to you and I make this decision. I'm going to live my life your way. I will follow you. I will obey you. And I'm thankful that you're changing me, making me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.